The views and opinions expressed by guests on this program are not necessarily the views of Thinking Bigger Business Media, Inc. or its employees. Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Today's podcast is brought to you by our sponsors, Benedictine College and Audible.com. To download your free audiobook, go out to our special link just for our listeners, audibletrial.com forward slash thinking bigger. And from there, you can download free from one of one of the 150,000 titles that are available on Audible. Audible trial forward slash thinking bigger. Our guest today is Jennifer Waddella. She's been writing code since she, before she realized it was even a credible career path. And she's currently working as a web developer at MindMixer, and she loves building JavaScript applications. She's an active member of the Kansas City tech community and is at frequent hackathons. She's also a technology speaker. And very importantly, she is the founder of Kansas City Women in Technology. That's a nonprofit that's aimed at growing the number of women in technology careers in Kansas City. Jennifer also sits on the Shawnee Mission School District CTE Advisory Board. She's a committee member of the KC Girls in STEM Initiative, and she sits on the Young Women in STEM Conference Planning Committee. Now, she doesn't blog, but she can handle, she says, 140 characters, like you can't see this in print, but it's something like, oh, my God, it's FIDE. So <laughs> welcome to the show today, Jennifer. Thank you. All right. Let's talk about Kansas City Women in Technology. The buzz these days in Kansas City, really across the country, is technology. You just see all these people coding. You hear about all these people coding. Who's going to be the next big thing? And what what is Kansas City Women in Technology, what prompted you to start it? Um, to be perfectly honest, it was pretty selfish. I wanted to meet more women like me. Um, I wanted to meet more women developers, more women who shared my passion. Um, I've been really inspired with all the people I work with, but they all happen to be guys, and um, there was something mm -hmm. missing. And so I kind of set out to see if I could solve that problem uh, of bringing women together and, and helping us grow and move forward in the, in the city. How did you go about doing that? I know that you have a board, but if you guys were kind of all spread out and maybe didn't even know the rest of you existed, how how did you manage to pull everybody together? Did you just put out a call for women in the technology field? How did you work that? Um, it's, it's not something I've solved yet, for sure. It's something I continually try to do. I think the most um, help I've had is just knowing a lot of really great guys who I've either worked with in the past or connected with who will work at a company where there is one woman developer there who is siloed and they are able to reach out to her being their coworker and kind of introduce her to me and, and bring her into the mix. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's been one of the, the most powerful ways I've been able to connect with other women is just through really great advocates that I know in the community. Talk to us a little bit about your board members and where they come from and what it is that 
you are doing. What what I know you have a larger mission of promoting technology among women, uh, but tell us a little bit more, a, a little broader, a little bit deeper, what it is that you're trying to accomplish. Um, the goal is definitely to grow the number of women in, in technology careers, and we're realizing there are a lot of different ways we need to do that. Um, I'm going to use the, the term STEM a bit, science, technology, engineering, math. It, it's a common mm -hmm. buzzword, but unless you're in the industry, you don't know it. Um, but doing a lot of STEM research, uh, technology has the highest dropout rate of all, all of those career paths among women. And so one of our goals is, is retention, um, and that's the only way we will sustain numbers is by ensuring the women already in the industry stay there. Um, so we try and provide networking events and um, opportunities for them to mentor and give back to the community. Um, we've seen a lot of research that shows a lot of times when women drop out of, of certain career paths, it's because they feel like they're not making an impact or, or giving back in a way. And so I want to kind of solve that gap um, for those women who are in technology who maybe don't directly see their work every day relating back to a bigger picture. I want to give them that opportunity. Um, so the board and I work towards that a lot. Um, I tried to staff it with, with women who are very different from me. I'm a terrible event planner. Unfortunately, I have some <laughs> great people um, who, can, who can do it a lot better than I can and who are really great with um, membership outreach and, uh, you know, just our heads down to the community, um, just hitting the pavement and doing a really good job with that. You mentioned that there's a high dropout rate among women in technology, and so far we've focused, it sounds like we've focused mostly on women who are already headed down that career path, but you also have an even larger outreach to the schools from what I can gather, and can you talk to us about those programs? Uh, yeah, that's that's very true. Um, we're very fortunate to um, get to do a bit of work with Casey STEM Alliance, um, who's in the community, and they've done a, a good amount of research and showing that there's a really big drop off in in STEM and technology, especially interest um, in in girls in the jump from middle school to high school. And so we've kind of been focusing our efforts there because there's research that also supports that women who had some sort of educator or, or mentor figure are much more likely to go into a STEM career path. And so we've kind of honed in on that area and try and do a lot of focused programming um, that kind of teaches programming, just the basics, but it's more that, that mentor engagement and seeing women who are actually in the industry and giving them somebody to look up to and relate to. Sure, the role modeling. And... What do you think accounts for that drop-off in interest from the middle school to the high school? Do you think that it is a societal kind of thing or a, 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 a social kind of thing that when you get into high school, maybe it's not as cool, whereas when you're younger, everything kind of goes, that people are more aware of what their peers are doing, which would make the mentoring even more important that they see these role models. So, so what are your thoughts on that? I think that's a huge reason is just a lot of um, perceptions that society has. And it's really funny because so many of them are things you can't really put your finger on. They're so intangible, but there just isn't enough support for encouraging girls, encouraging women to pursue those areas. I know for myself personally, I was always interested in it. I was always such a nerd that I didn't even realize I was being made fun of. <laughs> Um, oh, my. <laughs> so I, I was oblivious enough to, to be able to skate through everything and, and stay true to my passion, but I know that's all, not always the case. Um, right. So I think seeing other women really can um, help foster the idea that it's okay to have these interests. Is your mentoring program formalized at this point? Have you named it? Are you actually working in the schools with a, a formal structure at this point? 
Um, so when we launched, we were really fortunate. We had a lot of educators reach out to us, understanding the importance of what we were trying to do and, and be really willing to partner. And one of those school districts has been Shawnee Mission. And so we did pilot a program last year. We, we named Tech Shiro's. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole point was to do mentor engagement, a semester-long project. Um, we're, in the, we're in the process of re- rebooting it for the fall semester. Um, it's something we're, we're still kind of honing, still trying to find the right balance because um, the, these mentors that we have coming in are, are women who are working 40, 50, 60 hours a week, and so we're trying to be courteous of their time but at the same time providing enough value to the girls interacting with them. So we're trying to hit that balance before we um, roll it out to a larger community. Right. And do most of these women, do they come from the larger corporations uh, or are they members already of of your organization? Um, a lot of them are members already of the organization. Uh, we've got some employees from DST. We've got some employees from Vin Solution. We've got some employees from VML, um, a lot of the a lot of the bigger companies for sure. But then um, we do have a lot of women who are either freelancers or own their own businesses um, who have kind of come into the fold. Uh, so there's a little bit of, of everybody in there, which I think is a really good mix for the girls to see. Right. Now, you mentioned that a lot of this is really just focused at this point on the mentoring, on the role modeling, not so much teaching code. With that said, there are a number of really good, from what I've heard, really good organizations out there that do focus on the code. I mean, I believe there's one, Girls Who Code and uh, Code.org. Are you embracing any of those, um, or are you trying to create something new eventually? Um, when I when I set out to start Casey Witt, one of the things was I didn't want to reinvent the wheel. I am so aware of all the great programs out there. However, a lot of these programs um, don't necessarily meet the needs we have, um, especially the ones that are more coastal-based. Um, for mm-hmm. instance, Girls Who Code is, is kind of a, a summer program. Um, there, we're starting to see clubs spring up in different cities around, but um, just wasn't quite a good fit for what we were trying to do. It's a fantastic program, and we always encourage girls to apply for it regardless. Um, but uh, just wasn't conducive to centering our efforts in Kansas City. Um, we've been trying to uh, get a lot of programs that are kind of set up for that here. Uh, Black Girls Code has created a lot of great buzz. Um, unfortunately, um, just haven't been able to bring their model to the city yet. Uh, but I'm, we're definitely trying to foster as much work as we can with already existing organizations. There is a Girl Develop It chapter in Kansas City who has a more strict, rigid uh, curriculum to teach women how to code, so we always encourage people to check that user group out. What is it? I saw something about a launch of, and and maybe um, this is old information, but I saw something about a coder, and I'm going to botch how you say it. Is it Dojos, D-O-J-O-S? Dojo, like where you would learn karate. Okay. What is is that all about? So in starting KCWIT, I stumbled across this kind of doing my uh, research. Coder Dojo is a global nonprofit that was started over in Ireland, and it was literally just a coding club uh, where mentors would come into, I think it was either an after-school gym or cafeteria, and kids would bring their computers and they'd help uh, teach them how to code. And it was a really cool program. They branded it. They made it this really easy-to-implement model. And so in October last year, I launched a chapter in Kansas City. Uh, And it's been really cool because we don't have a structured curriculum. There's nothing rigid. My mentors don't really have to show up and meet any specific goals. We just get kids started with um, self-guided learning curriculum, and we're there to answer questions. And it's really cool because half the time in the middle of the kid asking us the question, they figure it out in their own heads. And so we're basically just soundboards for them, which um, relates very closely to real-life programming at a real-life job. Um, So it's it's been a really great, fun program, um, I think, for both the kids and the mentors alike. 
I think another program that you had and that you just uh, had an event last week, perhaps, it was Coding and Cupcakes. Yes. So um, Coding and Cupcakes is interesting. It was a very um, targeted effort. When I've been advertising for Coder Dojo at schools when they have tech nights or sort of parent engagement activities, I always um, get a lot of interest from programmer dads who are like, yeah, I'd love my daughter to do that. Um, and I base my nerdhood on my dad being a nerd and, you know, <laughs> helping me along that path. But um, when I was would talk to the mothers, I would get a lot of reactions like, oh, my daughter wouldn't be interested in that, or that's too hard, or X, Y, and Z. And so I kind of it bothered me a lot, and I was kind of trying to figure out how to fix it. Stumbled across, um, I think it was Girls Who Code in New York who did their own coding and cupcakes, and it was a Mother's Day event. But I thought the theme was great because it was very pink and girly and not threatening. Um, and I thought it might be an interesting way to kind of get the moms on board and, and make it more relatable to them um, because as we've grown older, we have perceptions that maybe younger girls don't, and that's why it's harder for women to sometimes make these jumps. Right, right. We're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. When we get back, I want to find out a little bit more about your background, Jennifer, and then we'll get into some of the other work of your organization. You're listening to Smart Companies Radio on Blog Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Thinking Bigger Business Media is accepting nominations for the 14th Annual 25 Under 25 Awards. These prestigious awards recognize 25 outstanding businesses with under 25 employees. We're looking for dynamic Kansas City area for-profit companies with under 25 employees that have been in business at least three years and have shown steady growth, a commitment to the community, and an ability to overcome challenges. If your company or a company you do business with qualifies for the 25 Under 25 awards, fill out a nomination form online at 25under25.com. That's 25under25.com or call 913-432-432. 6690 for details. Self-nominations are encouraged. Apply now. Nominations are now open and close October 14 for 25 under 25. Special thanks to our sponsor, UMB. Visit 25under25.com to nominate your business. Hi, I'm Kelly Scanlon, host of Smart Companies Radio, and I'd like to tell you about one of the sponsors of Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. It's Audible.com. Get a special offer by going to audibletrial.com forward slash thinking bigger. Get a free month service and download a book of your choice. You get about 150,000 titles to choose from. So go out to audibletrial.com forward slash thinking bigger. Looking to establish your brand as an industry leader? Want to deliver helpful, relevant content? content to your niche audience. Look no further. Our staff at Custom Publishing can produce branded newsletters, magazines, podcasts, and so much more. We'll take you from concept to distribution or assist you with any stage in between. Writing, editing, design, audio production, voiceovers, digital, print. If you have a communication need, we have a solution. Call 913-831-8100. Call us today and discuss the possibilities. That's 913-831-8100 for all your custom publishing needs. Would the real Obamacare please stand up? The No Politics Spend Free Zone for Healthcare and the Affordable Care Act. I'm your host, Alex Greenwood, and I'm joined every week by your federally certified Affordable Care Act specialist, Mr. Greg Howard. That's a mouthful. You said it, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about what we really do. What we really do is help people understand how the Affordable Care Act impacts them, their family, their business. We make it simple so that people can go on with their lives. Couldn't 
business at a better myself. And you'll find it every Friday at 1 p.m. on Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio at blogtalkradio.com. That's Would the Real Obamacare Please Stand Up, Fridays at 1. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. We're visiting here this morning with Jennifer Wadella, who is the founder of Kansas City Women in Technology. We've been talking about the purpose, the mission of the organization, some of the programs that they have rolled out to help promote technology among girls and women. Jennifer, I'd like to know, you've referred to it, you've referenced your background a little bit, talked a little bit about the nerdy high school years and the, fa- the fact your father was a nerd. I, and I say that uh, jokingly, but I'd, I'd like to find out a little bit more about your background. What tra- attracted you to technology? What's your career path been? Um, so it's definitely a, a non-traditional one. Uh, I was always on the computer as soon as we had one brought into the house, um, you know, messing around with game programs and all sorts of things. Um, but the problem was computer science wasn't as predominant or well-known, um, especially where I was. And so nobody ever made the connection for me of, oh, you like messing with computers. You should go into computer science or programming or something like that. Um, and growing up, I, I continued to always be on the computer. I ended up going down the path of graphic design um, and, and going for web design, and that's kind mm-hmm. of how I started thinking um, I should learn how to code. I don't understand how somebody can take my design and make it function like I want to. I might as well be the one to do it. Um, and so that's kind of what started me down the path, and just the more I learned, the more I craved it, um, and, and the rest was pretty much history. Okay, and then you're you're of course a web developer at VML right now. Mind mixer. Uh, yeah, who did you look to? We've already talked about the the shortage of mentors for women and for girls in this area. Who did you look to for inspiration or for support as you were growing up through this? Um, honestly, I don't think there was anyone. Um, is it was I was really cutting my teeth and my skills. Um. I relied really heavily on the guys I worked with, and they were phenomenal. I look up to them to this day. Um, They've been kind of like the best unintentional mentors I've had. Um, So there just weren't a lot of women around, and it was that complete lack of that kind of leadership role for me that kind of woke me up and went, well, I need to solve this problem um, because it's there's nobody like me around me. And um, as great as the people I work with are, it can sometimes be very, very alienating. Of course. What do you, well, you just mentioned one of them. What do you think is a factor in limiting girls and women in this area or or factors? There's obviously more than one, and I'm sure to some extent it's a subjective question, but what what are your thoughts on that? Um, I will start off by saying reading Sheryl Sandberg's Lean In was a big help for me because she talks highly about imposter syndrome, and I think it's Um, a bigger deal in STEM careers because, again, society um, has this perception that women aren't supposed to excel in in math and science and in harder areas. And so it was a a really hard process for me to have the confidence and realize that this is something I actually am good at instead of constantly having the fear of I'm not as smart as other people, I'm not picking things up as quickly, I'm not doing as good of a job. Um, So that was a real big struggle for me, um, and I think that – tends to relate to to women for sure and then as far as girls go it's just um getting the culture acceptance around it and letting them know that it's okay to pursue these careers and you can be good at it and these these aren't you know black and white lines this is for boys this is for girls and that's why i'm so passionate about doing that early it's because 
it's before a lot of those um, those misconceptions are kind of ingrained into their brains. So mm -hmm. now, when you talk about the imposter syndrome, uh, for people who may not have read Lean In and aren't quite familiar with what that means, talk to us just a little bit about what the definition of imposter syndrome is. Um, it's kind of the idea that you don't deserve to be in the room, that you're an imposter, that you're not as good as, as you know, you're, you're making people perceive you to be. Um, and it's very much a self-limiting thing. It's not something that other people impose upon you. It it's very much comes from yourself, uh, but just the idea that you're not good enough to be there and you're an imposter for even being there. Yeah. Can you tell me what percentage of women who are graduating actually choose a STEM field? Currently, um, roughly, roughly. I'm not sure if I have those current stats. Um, I know they have been going up in the past couple of years. Um, we had probably like the peak in, in the mid-80s as far as women in, in technology careers at least and, and plummeted badly after the dot-com bust. Um, I, okay. it, it's definitely under a quarter, though. Yeah, I was going to say I've heard anything from about 18 to 25 percent, and but the the – I guess the big news is that it's reversing, and uh, or it had reversed, and now you say it's inching back up again, uh, probably in large part to efforts like yours. And it kind of things beget each other. In other words, the the more women see other women out there pursuing these types of fields and these types of uh, careers, then the more women will. I think that's something that they can do as well, which it kind of amazes me because from what I understand – more and more women are graduating with degrees in the medical field, which is another scientific field. And I don't really understand why, if the barrier's been broken down somewhat in the medical field and other science areas, why on the coding side and the computer technology side, there's still this perception that women aren't, shouldn't, you know, they're not welcome or that they're not, that this could not, should not be a career path for them. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, this is a really good time to make a, a Grey's Anatomy joke and glamorize in the medical field, and I don't think that's been done for programming yet. So um, I think it's just not seen as a glamorous career path. Um, there's a lot of talk about sexism in tech, um, especially in the Silicon Valley area. For me personally, I haven't ever seen enough of it to keep someone out, um, at least in our area, which is why I love it so much here. You said something though. I mean, what what could you think of uh, other than a you know, reality show? There's not any, are there? Based on putting a bunch of people in a room, and and I know that we have hackathons and and startup weekends and so forth across the country, but a reality show based around that, or like you say, a Grey's Anatomy type show where it, it creates a, a sexiness about the the industry. That's kind of funny, actually. So let's talk about Kansas City. What kinds of trends or initiatives? Uh, Aside from your group uh, and, and your group as well, are going on to promote women in tech. We, we had prior to the, the tech industry explosion here, the startup scene, we, we were always lamenting the fact that we were losing people to the coast. And you mentioned earlier off uh, mic that we're still hemorrhaging women to the coast. So what is Kansas City doing about keeping the best and the brightest here in Kansas City? Um, I think employers are realizing the issue, and um, when I started Kansas City Women in Technology, that's exactly why I didn't go with a, a, a global chapter or a national chapter of something is because I wanted it to be focused in, on our city and our area and keeping talent here. Um, so I think companies are really starting to get their ducks in a row and realize that they need people badly and are starting to create the kind of environments, allow um, 
technical people to work with the kind of tools they want to work with um, to make themselves desirable employers and, and retain talent here. Um, I think a lot of the, the growth we've seen will go a long way to help that as well. Um, I feel like it's every developer's dream to work at Google or Facebook or Amazon or Microsoft. And um, I feel like Cerner is well on its way to being kind of a, a titan that um, people might want to work for. I, I read that they just acquisitioned another company yesterday. And so hmm. I think as employers keep keep growing and offering great opportunities to developers, um, that's one of the best things we can do. And I think when they engage with, with groups in the area like Kansas City Women in Technology, like Athena League, like Kansas City Startup Village, and, and kind of um, integrate better in the community, that makes them a more desirable employer as well in turn retaining talent. You know, there's some other groups too, I believe, that are out there that I've run across. Uh, is, did the entrepreneur group ever get started? Uh, it was forming several months ago. I think it was called the Nerdery. Is that, did that ever make it? to fruition, do you know? Um, the Nerdery is actually a company based out of Minneapolis, ah. I think, um, and they, they do have a location um, not quite crossroads, not quite downtown, right in between. Um, okay. But they're not a group. Um, if you're talking about an entrepreneur group, there is Athena League that launched yes. um, that's all about supporting women entrepreneurs, um, has been doing a really, really phenomenal speaker series. Okay, and then what about, there's a, a very heavily, it's not dominated, there's still not over 50%, but I believe Hack of the Sexes, is that something else that's going on here in Kansas? I'm just trying to figure out for our listeners today, mm -hmm. if they're interested, obviously they can go to your website, they can find out what what uh, your organization is doing, but what are you trying to give them an, a kind of a smorgasbord of things that might be out there? Gotcha. Um, yeah, Hack of the Sexes was an event that happened last year. Um, I don't believe it happened this year. I'm not sure what their plans are for the future. Um, but that was kind of trying to increase the number of women at hackathons. I know when I've attended our, the local one, um, Hack the Midwest, there have been very, very few women year to year. And unfortunately, they don't even offer like small T-shirts, um, oh, which wow. is, you know, kind of like unintentionally exclusive. Um, but uh, a lot of the great things is they bring in vendors, um, you know, platforms that offer APIs, and they are so highly aware of how many women um, need to be engaged. I think uh, last year Twilio at um, Hack the Midwest offered like a best woman developer prize, uh, which was, mm -hmm. I think, really, really cool of them. Yeah, and I think just the, what, you know, a little bit of the struggle here trying to name something, well, that group's not here or that group didn't form after all sort of thing kind of speaks to the fact that this is still very, it's in its infancy, this movement to get more women in tech is in its infancy, that it uh, still still has a lot of growing to do and that organizations like Kansas City Women in Tech are very important to bring these groups together and to get this message out as well as provide the mentorship that you're doing. How can the community itself, if I'm if I, you already talked about employers uh, employing more women in this field, but if, I, if I'm in the community and perhaps I'm not in a position to hire, how can I get involved? How can I help to get this message out to the young girls and the women? What can I do? Um, I think marketing and sponsorship offers are always very, very helpful, um, just, just spreading the word. I mentioned earlier that sometimes it can be difficult to get to women and companies because they're so siloed. Um, yes. And half the reason uh, the Kansas City community is so successful with all the events they run is because we're very tight-knit and things travel by word of mouth that you would normally never get through even the best Internet channels. Um, so I think just simply spreading the message, um, you know, encouraging people, check out meetup.com for, you know, whatever technical interest group you're interested in. Um, 
you know, just knowing where to look and where to point people uh, to get them engaged. Exactly. And, of course, you'd invite them to go to your website. What is your website? CaseyWomenInTech.org. Okay, so CaseyWomenInTech.org. There's a lot of information out there about what the organization does and how you could get involved yourself, or if you know any girls and women, to encourage them to go out there and get involved with their interests in this area. Thank you so much for all of your efforts, Jennifer, and for your time today. Again, CaseyWomenInTech.org. And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit our website at www.ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business or on Twitter at IThinkBigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.